This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, I'm Lahari Neil Peretti, founder of LN Accounting Advisor, and this is Then What? With another story of a big then what business moment which transformed into real success made possible by real leadership. During the holiday season, one of the most important things any entrepreneur can do is reflect on things like gratitude, empathy, and giving. We can only succeed when we have relationships with our customers or clients that endure. And that requires trust, give and take, and helping them to grow with us as we transform. In that spirit, I want to share something amazing with you. And I hope you'll really take a few minutes to listen. I came across a remarkable interview on another podcast, Funny People Talking, with their guest, Chris Shembra. He's founder and chief question asker at 747, the best-selling author of Gratitude and Pasta, The Secret Sauce for Human Connection, chronicling his adventures as one of the most sought-after dinner hosts in the world. And he's a rock star motivational speaker. But most of all, he has a very important message of how gratitude can bring us to and through our most important then what moments. As my gift to you for the holidays and as we enter a new year, enjoy this remarkable conversation I'm about to share with you, which I am confident will have you reflecting for days to come. All right, Chris Shembra, the gratitude guru. All right, uh, I'd like to lead off quickly by saying that I got to know Chris through someone to whom I have a lot of gratitude, and that's uh, our mutual friend, Michael Roderick, uh, who's who's been a, a big source of where I am today because of him. And basically, Chris, uh, I'm gonna let him tell this, but uh, he holds these dinners as part of what he does. But the dinners and the concept behind it uh, came from a moment in which his life went through such a major transformation. And the question that I would like to ask you, which may lead you to give us some insight, I'm trying to avoid this just being you telling the same story that you always Mm -hmm. tell. So that is also a new experience for you, us doing this, maybe get to some places you don't always go. But I think it's also important to have a little bit of context to catch everybody up with the story that you. So if you're able to sort of basically answer the question, which, which is from where that started to where you are now, how do you think you personally have transformed? Because the dinners are very an experience and what you've turned your company into that's come out of all this is is greatly involves the transformation of people. But how have you personally transformed from the moment that this first became a, a gleam in your eye to its extraordinary place it is now and the dreams that you have going forward? What is that difference, that sum? My waistline has grown four sizes, <laughs> dedicating my life to pasta sauce. Okay. I probably should have picked salad or a smoothie to dedicate the rest of my life to, but uh, nonetheless, it has. 
No, I think, you know, it, five years ago we started hosting dinners when we found ourselves lonely, unfulfilled, disconnected, insecure. And in that darkness, as you mentioned, we found pasta sauce. And we've used that pasta sauce to spark over 500,000 relationships in the last five years. So how does a man grow? Well, I would say that I've learned that I'll never cure myself of my isms. And I think that's the funniest thing is that is to accept the fact that you may do all the world's work and have all the impact and feel all the praise and accolades, but you'll never actually fully heal. Hmm. And the minute you realize that and accept that, you can open up your heart to possibilities. And I think that's been the greatest thing to learn it, through this journey is the acceptance of my fragility. Was there a particular moment that that dawned on you? I, it may have been a process to get to that point, but do you recall a moment which you actually said, wait a minute, there's this thing? I mean, you know, I've got all this stuff on the resume, the the suicide, the depression, the jail, the rehab. So I always known that I have a, a great proclivity to want to run from life's cold, hard truths. But now that I think about it, it's probably 2 a.m. on a Monday in February of 2016 when I woke up in my bed, bawling my eyes out, realizing for the first time in my life, I was starting to feel a little bit of joy. My greatest insecurity growing up is that I'm always the last one called to the party. That usually happens to funny people or or connectors or popular people is that people all of, all of a sudden just assume you're being taken care of by the other groups. So why call you? Uh, you know, my invite was always somehow lost in the mail. And originally, early on in the dinners, I sought to cure that. And then one day I realized that it didn't need cured because if you took away the most unique and vulnerable part about myself, you wouldn't have much to connect over. And it must have been that early Monday morning. So can we just uh, give some context here? These dinners that you mentioned, and you use the word we. So, mm -hmm. you know, we don't have to toil in the specifics of what led to all this so much. But what does hosting dinners mean? What did it mean back then? And what does it mean now in terms of its actual context? I think it means the same thing throughout time, which is that I'm not here to be the hero. I'm here to be a guide. I'm here to be a collector of people's stories, just like the four of us on this call, right? We're all collectors of stories, whether it's in PR or podcasting or pasta sauce. The dinner table happened to be an ancient technology that I could disrupt and bring into modern times. So while the whole world was going digital, I could focus in on doing the opposite. So the dinner table happened to be a tool for disruption or dissidence, whichever word you you like better, dissidence or disruption. And being able to have an impact on people using the dinner table and being have a, a scalable impact on hundreds of thousands and soon to be millions of people, that's a, a great sense of pride and growth and scale. You know, I, I started off as a commercial boat captain in a little island in South Carolina, impacting a few people at a time. 
and then to be able to grow into my 20s to impact dozens of people at a time and then to go into the 30s impacting tens of thousands of people at a time. That's just it's something to mark success off of. Success to me isn't defined by what we get in return for our services. Success is defined by the amount of lives we're able to impact. And the dinner table happens to be that quantifiable metric for that definition of success. So Chris, just to clarify this, you actually started saying, I want to bring people together. And if I'm not going to get invited to their party, I'm going to put on my own damn party Yeah, and bring people together. And then you started to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not so much telling as asking. And then you started to see the dynamics that was happening as you put these random, maybe people knew each other, maybe they didn't together at a table. And the way that sharing with each other could begin to open up an opportunity for growth yeah. and sharing. And, and then you said, oh, wait a minute, let me put my back into this a little bit and let me start to structure this so that it, it has an output that can come out of this. And then you continue to mold that over time until you said, okay, now we know what we're looking for. What can we do with this? Because this is a, so powerful. How do we harness this into a larger thing? Yeah. And then ultimately you made it. So it was such a regular thing called 747 because it happens at 747 PM on the nights that it happened. And where did that come from, by the way? So at the very first dinner on July 15, 2015, arrivals were at 6.30 p.m. sharp. The cost of admission at the time was to bring a bottle of wine, and I wanted dinner served at 8. So at 7.47 p.m., we put the pasta in the pot and delegated 11 specific tasks to empower the attendees to actually work together to create the meal. So we found that by the time we sat down for dinner, if you did a little foreplay, we'd all have a more pleasurable, orgasmic experience. And later in the evening, you know, after dinner and after dessert, we'd ask that simple gratitude question around the dinner table. And we found that if you spent so long creating the safe space for connection, then when he asked this difficult question, this gratitude question that you mentioned earlier, the people would blossom and come alive. And if less than six people cried at those original dinners, we considered it a failed night. Whoa. Can you pose the question to us? Yeah. It, Dresden, if you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, who would that be? And we found that by asking that question which in other circumstances, I'd sit here for 10 minutes and let you answer it. But we found that by asking that question, you created a posture of otherness around the dinner table, right? We think along the lines of what Descartes put on us, the I think, therefore I am mm -hmm. kind of philosophy. And if you can ask people not what their biggest fear or their biggest failure is, but you can ask them to tell a story about others, a bunch of great stuff happens. And that's the power of gratitude. Right. Gratitude, we've proved out and science has proved out that it has the ability to create some pretty meaningful shit. Right. If you ask that gratitude question and someone pulls some positive autobiographical memory from their past and tells a story about how their third grade teacher helped them out with such and such. And now they devote their life to that subject. Them re talking about that positive autobiographical memories helps actually develop the positive affect in the brain needed 
to relive that memory, that emotion again. When you bring forth a negative autobiographical memory, like people will talk about their their dads touching them, their dogs dying, the ex-girlfriend that made them realize they were gay. When you use gratitude to process an unpleasant memory, just talking it out destigmatizes the impact of that negative emotion on you and allows you to close the door on that memory and move on with your life. Not just thinking about it, because then that shit just ruminates chaotically in your head. The minute you talk it out or write it down, it actually becomes an organized and coherent thought that you can learn from to then throw aside and move forward. Wow. I, 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 science and emotion and psychology, and I'm, I'm in all the fields right now. I'm very, very fortunate. And I, I know both Mark and Elsie. Yes, even Elsie has been told this before. You know, they say people will forget what you say, but they will Mm -hmm. never forget how you made them (laughs) feel. And the biggest compliment I get in my life is people tell me that after they've spoken with me, they feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's like the biggest compliment in the world. So I I tend to think about others. Empathy. I'm going to talk to you about. I took some notes from one of your TED Talks. I got things to ask you about, but I was Full on, you know, one time saying with my husband of 20 years, I was like, put myself through college, put myself through grad school, did everything myself, blah, blah, blah. And he said, no, you didn't. I'm like, no, I did. And he's like, you stop and you think about all those managers, friends, bosses who helped you along the way. The very next day I walked in and I thanked my boss at a museum where I worked, the George Eastman Museum. And I said, thank you. You've given me opportunities. You've sent me to Europe three times. You've sent me to conferences where I've seen the country. I'm a small town girl. I never had those opportunities. And I have never thought of the world the same again since that conversation. And it sounds like you're helping people do that, even just with one story, with one person. Mm -hmm. So is that my eureka moment, kind of a eureka moment that some of your folks have had? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what you're living for is exactly the point of living is to acknowledge that we've received help from others. Because when you acknowledge that you aren't a self-made person, that you've yeah. received a lot of help from others, right, right, right. you can act that humility creates connection. That humility invites people to want to be around you. Oh, like nobody that. wants nobody wants to be around people that pound their chest with bravado and ego people with humility they don't think less of themselves they just think about themselves less Uh, and that's what creates connection i love that okay in one of your ted talks you had said empathy empathy the power of empathy and how it can Mm -hmm. you know uh, heal broken relationships but you also said empathy is not compassion you don't Mm -hmm. look within but you look around at others Mm -hmm. can just i love how you talk about empathy do you mind just shedding a little light there Yeah. You know, empathy is the art of imaginatively stepping into the shoes of another person to understand their feelings and perspectives and then doing something about it, right? Using that knowledge to guide your actions. Empathy is taking in information around you. It's watching a movie. It's reading a book. It's listening to a sermon. It's listening to someone talk about their issues. And when you can empathize with someone and learn where they're coming from, you can learn how to adjust to meet them where they are. Mm. I happen to play in the business world. 
And what's needed is that if you're selling shit to someone, don't sell them shit that you think they need. Mm -hmm. Sell them shit that they're telling you they need. And the world will be a better place. It'll have less shit, less unneeded <laughs> shit in it. And, it. and that can scale across all types of different lives. But yeah, empathy is proven. I mean, just in a business context, because that happens to be my world. It's directly tied to financial performance. Right. Empathy is emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. You don't make a lot of money in life or unlimited potential in life based on what you know or how how smart you were born. That doesn't mean shit. The only true testament to earning potential is how emotionally your ability to lead a team. Right. Your ability to say, I'm not the smartest person and I'm not the best person at the product. <sighs> I have the humility to hire the best people for the job. Even if they voted against you, that's empathy. That's humility. And gratitude helps you get there because gratitude gives you the tools to say, thank you for your contribution. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. empower you to run with that shit. Just bring it back to me for whatever kind of feedback or advice you need. I'm having a feeling that if we purchase your book, I'm going to mm -hmm. get some more of these feels. The title is Gratitude and Pasta, The Secret Sauce for Human Connection. So for those of you who are digging what Chris is saying, you can see a lot more of him online, but also via his book. Heck yeah. This is not a shilling Chris's book. This is us talking to you as our friends who are listening. This is an important thing that you can do for yourself and for others is to read this book. Yeah. It can change your life. Okay, much more about gratitude and with Chris Shembra right after this. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on social media at Ellen Accounting and visit us or contact me directly at ellenaccountingcpa.com and subscribe to Then What Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find the best podcasts. Are you looking for financial advice or an outsourced CFO, or maybe just help with your books or financials? Well, let's talk. As a listener of the podcast, I want to offer you a free consultation call with me. Go on our website at lnaccountingcpa.com and book a call with me today. Again, that's lnaccountingcpa.com. When you reach out, please make sure to mention this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. So, Chris, speaking of, of growth and everything, so, you know, from putting these dinners on to scaling them larger, and then, frankly, given COVID, having to move mm -hmm. them from a physical situation into a, a digital environment, and then now uh, some of the things that anyone that's in your world has been seeing is, is how you are taking the, the research that you've done both in terms of gathering data from these dinners and paying attention to what's gone on and seeing what you can glean from that and doing it in a more and more purposeful way. And then saying, all right, we're ready to go to the next level. This is going to be a really scalable thing. We figured out what we can do with this that can make money, make people money and, and just amplify this in, in a huge mm -hmm. way. Right. But one of the things you recently shared was a reflection from these hundreds of thousands of people that this has touched, you've asked some same questions 
throughout most of this. And it's all boiled down into sort of this central hub of knowledge about no matter what way you turn, there are just some very similar currents that people seem to find themselves in. Can, can you mm -hmm. talk about this a little bit and, and, and what it's not just meant reflecting back, but how that is driving part of what you're doing going forward? Mm -hmm. The Surgeon General of the United States put out a statistic a couple years saying that 51% of the American workforce reports being lonely on a consistent basis. That's equivalent to the reduction of lifespan of smoking 15 cigarettes per day, seven years off your life. And what we've learned around the dinner table, and especially through COVID, because COVID has given us the opportunity because we brought our product virtually and able to reach so many more people we've just been able to add a lot more data to what we do and what we found is that essentially regardless of what people tell you they essentially feel four things lonely overwhelmed anxious nervous insecure bored and gratitude is guaranteed to bring you into a more positive state of being in the just the last 10,000 people we fed in the last two months through COVID, the change on a scale of one to five, one being very negative, two being negative, neutral, positive, very positive, people go from a 2.65 to a 4.79 on average. Guaranteed, on average. In how much and time so, frame? In uh, 58 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's uh, I, the power I, I of gratitude. Excuse me, Chris. I yeah. participated, and I see this happen. I've experienced it myself. I, I understand. It's this um, is real. So, stuff. so to answer your question, like when we when you talk about scale, and you talk about what we've done in COVID, and you talk about everything that we like, we built a great business before. The world hasn't even seen nothing yet because we removed food and dove deeper into gratitude, and gratitude mm. is the star going forward. Pasta sauce and me were the stars of the past, right? We built a big name around me and pasta sauce. That's, that's bullshit. Going forward, it's all about gratitude. That's it. So real question then, because I get entirely what you're saying, and this isn't meant as a challenge. I just want to know, given what you yeah. just said, why are you coming out with a pasta sauce in October? Because that's what the clients crave. That's okay. empathy. You know what? Because our clients are Microsoft, Dell, Google, IBM, American Express, PWs, the biggest companies on the planet. They're saying, no, we don't just want to have a virtual experience. We want to buy your number two book of 2020, your excellent pasta sauce, which, by the way, many celebrities will tell you is their favorite pasta sauce in the entire world. So there's great brand IP around nostalgia. Great. Right. Innovation is just history repeating itself, looking different. Our pasta sauce will never not be what we do. It's just going to look different going forward. And there's tremendous revenue opportunities in the pasta sauce. I know that sounds silly, but no, uh, no, why not? when we do a, a couple thousand person engagement with the company, and they buy a couple thousand jars of pasta sauce, we can make tens of thousands of dollars without me lifting a finger. So the, the end goal is to turn a service-based business 
into a product-based business, right? When you're in events, when you're in consulting, when you're in PR or advisory, mm -hmm. the goal is monthly reoccurring revenue and turn your thought leadership into a product. That's about Brilliant. it. So if we can make millions of dollars a year doing sauce instead of service, well, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Well, then you can spend time. Look, these dinners that Chris and, and his team put on, I mean, the ones I attended weren't, quote, dinners, unquote, because I was doing it during COVID. They're just, they're rebranded to a, a, a 747 gratitude experience. Exactly. And and I'm not complaining. I'm saying, but what I was, what I was getting at, though, is up until that point, you were ser literally serving people at your, your own expense. And yeah, and the I mean, not not at our not at our expense, uh, but my my body's expense, like our clients would say, yeah, we want you in five cities yeah. this month. Right lugging shit and cooking sauce and making people cry that that puts a toll on a human body of course it does <laughs> i'm sorry to laugh but it, you're such a good storyteller <laughs> making, and making it's, people cry exactly and 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 then now with the gratitude experience you know the people participating and, and i don't know how this may change over time and maybe it'll stay the same but the people participating dresden and elsie they're not paying to participate they're having the opportunity to do this at least in the case that I, without an actual expense. The attendees will never pay. Right. That's up to the client. So our clients will bring thousands of their attendees across a, dozens of experiences. The attendees will never have to pay. So my point in saying all this, by the way, was not so much to pull the curtain back, but to say, you know, if you're able to make millions of dollars with sauce on top of everything else that you're doing, mm -hmm. it may enable you to make certain decisions in some cases about who you could bring this to that, yeah. that may yeah, not yeah. involve them being a paying client the same way, but you think it's important for that community to be served or whatever. Yeah. So we have, I mean, the greatest thing that's happened in COVID is now we have an entire team of facilitators that facilitate these experiences. Amazing. Mark, you've only, you've only come to like community dinners of our friends. Right. You've not come to like Google, you know, that kind of shit. But the more that we can serve those big boys that pay the big bucks, that pay the yep. million dollar a year kind of stuff, the more we can have our facilitators go and serve underprivileged inner city communities yeah. that couldn't have afforded our in-person services. That's what we're I mean, what we're excited about is like we're serving one point three million folks in the Navy and Air Force in November. Awesome. We would have never done that. That would have oh, cost. On. To bring 1.3 million people together, you could have never dreamed of. That would have spent. That would have made, been a billion dollars or something. I don't know, but to be able to serve that many people virtually, that you know, that's life changing shit. The whole goal is to decrease the suicide and depression rate amongst that group of people, and so I'm just grateful. Amazing, amazing, and on that exact note, in a weird way. I would be remiss if I didn't touch on one point, and that is tell us how you have observed the role of humor in the mm -hmm. gratitude process, mm -hmm. the way it has helped you succeed, maybe from a personal standpoint, but also wh why humor is so embedded in the deliverance and acceptance of gratitude. You know, it's funny you ask, and we were even touching on it before the show, I used to tell the same joke at every experience, whether I was giving a keynote to 5,000 people or I was serving 18 people in my home, I'd give the same joke, 
which was uh, this beautiful. I won't tell it here. You'll have to come to our dinners to <laughs> oh, good one, experience good one. it, or hire us to bring us into your company. That's all another plug. Uh, but no, it, we still host community dinners, and uh, anybody who's listening to this, if you want to come to a, a free community dinner to meet our community and to cry and all that shit, just email David at seven forty seven club. Dot org. Don't email me. I will literally, I suck at that. Uh, but humor, we used to tell the same joke at every dinner, and we haven't told it since Thursday, March 12th, our last in-person client experience. But what we found is that the more self-deprecating, humor-filled stories you can share around the dinner table to answer that gratitude question, the more people will be disarmed to connect to that vulnerability. So I, I strategically insert humor and some pretty, uh, you know, uh, scintillating humor <laughs> in between, right? So you got the wine, the, the appetizers, the eating of the dinner. And then I tell a joke, very tasty, very unique. Very, if you're wearing a, a, a white person's suit, you're probably going to be a, a little uncomfortable. But that's what we want. Because what follows that humor is gratitude. And I've just disarmed the fuck out of them. And now they have permission to know. You know, it's like this, this stuff we were saying to Elsie about, oh, I'll, I'll do her next Thursday. Or the ASMR porn that yeah. Dresden was doing. That's all just... It's not, we're not going to do it. It's just, you might as well throw it out knowing that nothing's going to shock you after you, after you break through the wall. And that's what humor does. It gets you to the next dimension of comfortability. Nice. Nice. You know, once, once Dave Chappelle makes a, an anti-white person joke or what Sasha Baron Cohen makes an anti-Semitic joke, then you know that anything goes. Actually, it's funny. The more anti-Semitic Sasha Baron Cohen is, the more Jewish roles he's offered. How funny is that? How great is that? He'll be the first to tell you. He'll be the first to tell you. All right. This this is not only extraordinary, and I'm just reminded all over again how what you've done, Chris, and what's ahead is just beyond it makes me think mm -hmm. and i i don't mean to be too dramatic here it makes me think of star trek and the sort of utopian future that that hmm. fantasy built where there's no uh racism there's no you know everyone's just equal and understands each other and it feels like that kind of acceptance and appreciation of everybody it, it, it's like this is the kind of step that puts you one foot further down that path and starts nice. people thinking differently. So mm -hmm. I promise everybody, I really believe you have just heard about one hundredth of what this story is. And yeah. I don't mean just Chris's story, but what's involved here. So please reach out, become a part of this. You will feel better about yourself. You will learn something. You will grow. You will feel grateful. You will see transformation in front of you. And even if you don't receive advice from someone else, you may have the opportunity to give them something valuable. I know I've experienced that and that made it worth it all by itself. So anything that you want to plug right now, how people can connect with you, I know it's not email. I don't have anything to plug. 
the only thing I want to say is if you're listening to this and you agreed with anything we talked about, know that you're not alone. Know that the uniqueness, the vulnerabilities, the weirdness, the hate, the everything that is about you makes you uniquely you. And that's all right, because that's enough. And you shouldn't ever wish those things away. Step into them, lean into them, and use them as a tool for connection. Because it's not how you connect with people when everybody's riding high. It's how you connect with people when you're going through the troughs. When you're going through the shitty parts of life that a lot of us are feeling right now. So if you're lonely, if you're hungry, if you're starving for connection, email david at 747club.org. We'll invite you as our guest to our dinner table. It'll be virtual, <laughs> uh, but we'd love to have you. That's it. All right, Chris Shemra. Thank you, Chris. A fine. Bravo, bravo. I don't Thanks. know if you like hearing this or not, but a fine, fine, generous human being. And mm-hmm. uh, I personally really appreciate you and I appreciate you taking time to join us on this. Thank you. And by the way, behind the scenes showbiz stuff here, we were supposed to stop about 15 minutes ago. And Chris off mic said, I'll give you another few minutes and push off my meeting. And I'm grateful for that. That's the kind of guy he is. All right. I'm thank you very too. much, Chris. Uh, continue you, Chris. best luck. And may you may you help another million people. Woo! That had all the feels right there. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. That is, I, we, you know, this will be the episode we look back. We say we laughed. We cried. That is it for this episode, sadly, of Funny People Talking Everybody. But we are glad you were here to join it. I hope you got something out of it. And maybe you laughed. Maybe you cried. Maybe you thought of something you haven't thought of before. But we are grateful that you were with us for the ride. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Chris. You can check out the full episode with Chris and all the other episodes of Funny People Talking on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. or at funnypeopletalking.com. So in the spirit of gratitude, thank you so much for listening to this show and please share this episode with at least one other person. I wish you and your family a happy and healthy holiday and a promising new year. I'm Lahari Neela Peretti. See you soon. Then What is produced by Ellen Accounting Advisor in partnership with Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. The views and opinions expressed are those of the individuals on this podcast and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of LN Accounting Advisor or Mouth Media Network. No portion of this program should be considered financial advice or consultation. Thank you for listening.